You're listening to the Inside the Mix podcast with your host, Mark Matthews. Hello and welcome to the Inside the Mix podcast. I'm Mark Matthews, your host, musician, producer, and mix and mastering engineer. You've come to the right place if you want to know more about your favorite synth music artists, music engineering and production, songwriting, and the music industry. I've been writing, producing, mixing, and mastering music for over 15 years, and I want to share what I've learned with you. So, hey, folks, and thanks for tuning into this episode. So, this is uh, this particular podcast episode is slightly different to the usual one, in that this is a I, I don't know if this is going to be the final title, but it's a, a synth pals virtual party. Sounds very Alan Partridge. Um, I even pronounced it like Partridge as well. Uh, but that's 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 what it is, and this is what we're running with. So. With me today, I've got uh, a few artists that I'm in regular contact with, some 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 great artists. So I've got uh, R9, I've got uh, Heartbeat Hero, I've got Neon Highway, and I've got Jess Towers. Um, so a big thank you, folks, for joining me on this today. How are we all? I'll start with you, Tim, as I'm going to I'm going to go around on my screen here. I'm going to snake around. How are you, Tim? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Hot but good. Yeah, very well. It is very warm. Yeah. Um, Struggling with it, not doing enough music. But... <laughs> Yeah, we were having the discussion off air that it's too hot to actually write in or, or, or produce any music, which is, a, which is a pain. So as part of this as well, putting this online, um, the prerequisite was to come in hand with an alcoholic beverage. What, have you, what is your choice? Uh, my choice is a St. Austell tribute. Um, so that's a real ale for any of you who haven't familiarised yourself with the right drink. <laughs> I'm finding now because uh, I'll, I'll come to mind shortly that having drinking a uh, a, a carbonated beverage on a podcast is uh, I'm, I'm th- starting to think that might be not be the best idea. Um, so I can <laughs> dive away from the microphone every now and again. Um, I think it's the tagine. We know it's the tagine. Yes. Yeah. Oh, mate, I've got carb overload from that tagine. Um, so <laughs> going round, uh, I've now got Heartbeat Hero. Heartbeat Hero, how are we? I'm good. It's also hot here, and I'm drinking uh, Bacardi Rum Cola. Oh, good choice. Good choice. Good choice. Yeah, I haven't had one of those in, in a while. Um, it is very, very hot. Um, and uh, obviously, the audience listening doesn't know this, but I actually spoke to Daniel Harvey Hero earlier today. So there's going to be a dedicated episode purely with Harvey Hero, which is going to be fantastic. And that's going to come out in uh, in September. So I'm snaking down again. So next, I've got Neon Highway. How are we? Doing good at the end of four days off, which means at the end of four days of drinking. Um, and you've you made me continue that with a Highlander, which comes from Fine Elves, which is a Loch Fine up in the, the Highlands. A- aptly named as well, Highlander. Highlander. Yeah, it's good. It's a great wee brewery, actually. It's just at the top of this beautiful loch, and there's, there's like a, a seafood restaurant, and you've got this brewery in the hills, and you just go and got all these tons of ales and stuff it's absolutely brilliant fantastic you know what it's the part that i need to view i need to go up and and visit you do but yeah because of whiskey as well I'm, a, I'm an avid whiskey fan um yeah but um yeah i do need to visit and jess how are we good thank you very hot like you guys can't cope with this heat so i'm not as cool as you i'm afraid i'm a bit girly and i've got a rosé no, no, I, I tell you what, Variety, it's good that we're not just purely plugging ale on this show. Um, so no, no it's, it's all good. Although, in saying that, it would be quite nice. Imagine if St. Austell got in touch. Like, hey, you know what, if you just have a, if you drop us in every episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be decent. I'd tell you what, I'd take yeah, anyone, be to good. be honest. Um, yeah, any one of those. Um, I've got the Blandford Fly. Um, so I'm going to hold it up to the screen because this will be, uh, there we go. Yeah, the Blandford Fly. Um, where is it? Oh, it's from Blandford, funnily enough. Um, for, for the UK contingent here, yeah, you, you wouldn't have guessed. Um, what a surprise! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, this is kind of like an extension of my Instagram lives that I do. So they 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 run every Wednesday, and um, I basically just talk into my phone for about twenty minutes, and people occasionally comment or drop in and out, and um, I just 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 ramble on. So. I think what might be a good way to start is is uh, to to get things moving. Is maybe if we start on like the promotional side of things. So, well, it'd be quite interesting to know, like, or hear about your promotional stories and like successes, and maybe uh, things that haven't gone so well. Because um, chatting to Daniel earlier, actually, we we had a good conflab about promotion and and, and that sort of thing, and um, the the pitfalls, the challenges, and, and what works well. So does anyone have any stories that they would like to share? What we'll do here is this isn't like Teams where you can actually click for those Teams users, where you can click a hand, a, a fake hand that raises. So if you do want to add something, just like 
do that like you're in school and um i'm a, I'm a teacher so it works you know and um yeah does anyone have anything or any questions with regard to promotion that they want to put to the rest of the group i think i mean i mean i think in terms of stories it's it's this community isn't it it's it's building that network of people that you've got around you is, is what it's all about you've got people like daniel and he's doing his, his shows which are absolutely brilliant filling space pop art waves doing something which is a bit different we've got you mark doing your podcasts and then we've got the rest of the group who are just sort of sharing everybody's art really and i, I think having that community has been a, a big boost certainly for me this year i i, I kind of almost sort of chucked it in last year and then i picked it up again this year and since coming into that community it's not just been about the promotion but is finding the inspiration, I guess, to, to write new stuff and bounce ideas off each other. And I, I think that's just such a massive part of it. Um, it's, it's a real boost mentally, musically, everything. It's just absolutely fantastic having a community. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's something that I cover in pretty much every episode that I have. Um, and when, when I talk to artists about the, the amazing community um, and how supportive it is, because... Um, and sharing of ideas and content and all that sort of thing. My question to you then, Eka, is um, what you said you're going to jack it in. What stopped you from doing it? What what made you carry on? <laughs> um, I, I pretty much did. I mean, uh, I closed I closed all my social accounts down. Um, I released my last EP and called it Switch Off, and that was it. Chucked in Neon Highway, and then somebody said, "Are you not writing music anymore?" And I thought, I don't know. And I, I released something, and then Karen Zoe Lee picked it up and played it and she was like where's all your social where's all your meta stuff and your social sites and I was like I've got rid of them all Karen she's like you need to get that on ASAP again I was like okay okay um and then I was in touch with a DJ DJ Shira she she does a lot of synthwave stuff and she was running uh an event last year in Derby it was like a an eight band synthwave event had Calyx uh you know, a bunch of guys duet with two T's, um, loads of synth artists, absolutely brilliant event, the event. Uh, and she says, so I've got your latest single. What I'll do is I'll play it after Calyx finishes. Um, so we're in this nightclub, you know, all these synth bands from all over the UK. Um, we've got guys from uh, LeBrock in the audience and so on. And up comes one of my tracks to start the after party. And I was like, this is great. I was like, I'm loving this. Absolutely brilliant. People were dancing. I was like, God, I was like, maybe I should stick this out. Um, so I just kept going with it. And I think it was about December time. One of my pals, Russell's cousin, says, uh, by the way, my, my cousin does kind of this synth music that you're doing. So I sent me his name, Russell Nash. Got in touch with him and, and he invited us into the group and Tim's group. And we kind of, they all went from there. And it's just been month after month, inspiration, creating new stuff, meeting new people, meeting Jess, meeting yourself, Mark, Carpe, you know, everybody. It's just, and from there, it's just, I, I, I can't see myself chucking it again. It's it's just too much fun now. It's great. Just loving it. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think it'd be nice to do more of these sorts of things. It doesn't necessarily have to be a podcast episode, you know, um, where you just, you, we can actually put faces to names. I always get that run the wrong way. Faces to names um, and do that, which is amazing. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Go on, Tim. You know how I invited you all by mistake, don't you? That, that, like the the thing that I joined this sort of uh, um, sort of put this synth fam sort of you know kind of um, chat going on Instagram was because I just thought oh I just messaged a load of people I seem to be following about my track or something and didn't realise it formed a group. I had no idea about this, and then <laughs> suddenly all these people were talking on this group, and I went. I've done something here. Is this good or bad? You know, and I just kind of went with it kind of thing. But I literally didn't know how to form a group. I was a bit of an Instagram noob at that point. So, yeah, so I'm glad I did that. Nearly everything that I've done in, that has been good in my life has been by mistake. So, you know, they would kind of follow that line. <laughs> That's good, though, isn't it? The organic way it grows. I like that. It's very nice. Um, it's... the the groups are, are fantastic admittedly sometimes it takes me a while to um scan through everything and take everything in i have to dedicate i'm like right i'll go in and check now and dedicate a good sort of 15 minutes to reading through through everything but they are fantastic um is anyone on discord i know uh, i joined one the other day on discord uh, which is an amazing group and it's, it's, and it's sort of filtered yes, out I am on discord. <laughs> um 
but I'm I'm still yet to to fully um, get on board with it. Has anyone got any experience with Discord? Oh yeah, so I uh, yeah I have my own Discord account and I've been on uh, on a lot of other other uh, Discord accounts. Uh, but like the Facebook groups, it kind of gets overwhelming after a while because there are so many places you need to check. And uh, so eventually I just kind of left it to the wayside. We'll be right back. So I've got a hunch about a common struggle we all face, mastery. If you're an independent artist or music producer, you've probably encountered the frustration of masters that just don't hit the mark, right? They lack balance and refuse to play nicely across different devices and environments. Ever found yourself wondering, why don't my masters sound like my references? Perhaps you've spent countless hours attempting to master your tracks only to be unsatisfied with the results. Maybe you've tried every Silver Bullet plugin or even dabbled in AI. Or perhaps you're already working with an engineer but you're eager to explore different possibilities. Well, here's the solution you've been searching for, Synth Music Mastering. I'm offering a game-changing opportunity with a one-time free test master for a limited time. Picture elevating your music with my unwavering commitment to quality and a personalized touch that you just don't get with the big mastering studios. The best part, it won't cost you a penny. Just submit your finished mix and let's see how we can transform your music together. Don't let mastering be a mystery any longer. Say goodbye to the frustration and step into a world of sonic excellence. Grab your free test master now, click the link in the episode description, or head over to synthmusicmastering.com. Yeah, I'm finding that. I think yeah. when you have multiple groups going, um, it's... I've turned, admittedly, with my phone, I don't know about you guys, but I've turned all social media notifications off my phone. Um, so I only go in and check when I want to. Otherwise, I'm, I'm not saying I'm like the, <laughs> I'm this guy who gets millions of messages every day by any stretch. <laughs> but I, I find that otherwise I'll just be, I'll be constantly replying and reading. Um, so I've switched them all off. But going back to what Daniel said there about Discord and having these multiple platforms, it's hard. It's hard to keep track um, of conversations. So the, the, good thing about, the good thing about Discord is that you do can like have all these um, different subjects you can talk about, so it's easier to track what people are talking about. So that that's a like a really positive thing. Uh, it's just where where the community is that you want to be. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that it is really good when you can do that because you can have one for like new music, one for general discussion, um, one for um, like geeking out on on tech, etc. And when you break it down like that, you can go in and find out actually, you know what, I want to know a bit about X, Y, Z. Whereas I think with what I find with some Facebook groups, I don't know about you guys, but some there, there are the larger groups whereby it is just like YouTube video, YouTube video, YouTube video, and then it can get quite. Um, I think one thing I, I mean, my group, the group for this podcast isn't isn't huge by any stretch, but I think one of the prerequisites is you have to actually have some text with a post. Because um, I don't know about you, if I see just a post without any text, I, I generally don't pay it any mind. I don't know what you guys do in that respect. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's not that I don't pay any attention. I, I think I, I like a bit of a story, though. I like to know who's behind it, what they're doing, why they named it that way, what was the artwork doing. I, I think it's it's nice to know what's going into it rather than just, boom, here's the, here's the link, play it. It's almost like they don't care. You know, they, it's kind of... Not personable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's yeah. A, mm. um, I do really enjoy on... Sorry. So uh, yeah, um, I, I I do really enjoy um, the uh, the sort of interaction that's kind of like you, if you're you're on Instagram and something happens, you, you you're quickly sort of you're on the platform, so you can be sort of looking at a post, sharing a post, sharing a story, talking to someone. So it's all on the same platform. That's the thing that frustrates me with Discord is I'll be having a conversation about a video somewhere else and something else and you know and then I'm constantly on and off with discord to go back to whatever that thing was off off to youtube I'm off to instagram then I'm returning to discord and I find that I find the idea of all the different convers you know like topics and things is really good and I I can see that you could build much bigger groups as well which is really good so there's things I like but like overall I just tend to find them sort of it's all in one place when I'm on Instagram, so that I just find that a bit easier. But to be honest, I seem to have to be on so many networks, you know, TikTok, everything. I mean, it's just like, I, I, I think you can't be that choosy if you're a musician and you want to promote yourself. I, I don't think, 
I do find this. I was having this conversation with a non-synth waver um, who was just doing um, a really good friend of mine who I met on Instagram, and he's um, a musician. He sort of writes songs, and he's a good songwriter, but he's really frustrated by the fact that he's got ten followers on Spotify and uh, no monthly listeners, essentially, like you know, uh, to his stuff, and and he's really frustrated that he applied to two playlists and they hadn't accepted him. And that was it. He's kind of at the give up point. And I was like, but I, like, I put, I applied for 90 playlists and got nine of them. You know, I like, you know, on my first single, I, you, you, you can't, well, you can be like that. That's fine. But like, if you are like that, you will give up, you will just shelve it and then you won't be doing music. So, you know, I think, or you've got to moderate your what you're expecting out of it and go, well, I don't, I don't want all of that. I'm just quite happy to put something up on SoundCloud. If somebody likes it, they like it and it's for fun and I enjoy it. But I think you can't really sort of, you know, um, expect it all to happen, unfortunately, without social media. And, and some people still do, I think, expect that, oh, I've done this great album and everyone is going to listen to it. Unfortunately, they won't unless you tell them you've done it and, Unfortunately, you don't just tell them once either. You seem to have to tell them in numerous different ways, in numerous different places, you know. It's, yeah, it's just it, the way it goes. That's exactly right. Um, and it, it's the nature of the beast, isn't it? Like I, I, Daniel and I having this conversation earlier um, with another interview, and it's the case of like, you have to market it. You have to, you have to push it out there because otherwise you can create all this great content. You can put it up. And um, it's not a case of if you, if you build it, they will come. It, it, does, it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Uh, lovely, ref- no. lovely reference. I think there. I think that's what I'm partly guilty of. I think that once I've sort of released it, I've got a bit of a sort of shift in mindset. Instead of sitting there and promoting the same song and doing all that work, which is work, isn't it? It's like an additional part of what we do. I'm sort of itching to start something else new because I feel like oh, I've done that now. But, but Tim's right. It's like you have to put that effort in to let people know that it's out there. And you don't have to do it yourself. You can also employ somebody or, or yeah, get somebody that, that does like doing it to do it for you, especially if you don't enjoy doing it yourself. Or ask fans. Ask, ask fans of your music that they could promote you uh, more. And there's always Fiverr. Sorry. <laughs> I was having this conversation the other day that said, actually, we will find out the entire music industry in four years' time is all run by some guy in India on Fiverr, you know, because... It's it's just like like Fiverr has become and, and just like this sort of thing that I'm not saying it's necessarily good because a lot of the time it's the problem is we have no idea who this person is, really what they're doing for us or not doing for us. And a lot of the time, lots of conversations this week actually about like, which is shocking, I've been uncovering just how extremely botified Spotify is. But I don't know how that sentence happened, botified Spotify, but there we go. Yeah, the that just is shocking how much, like I, I sort of, you know, you find a good playlist and you think, oh, this looks okay, this looks reasonable, and then when you really look into it, you start to find out. And behind this supposedly good playlist that other people are on and getting things, you know, I'm not aiming this at all playlists. Don't get me wrong, but like, um, you know, it the this playlist that surprisingly I find some really good artists following, so they must be interested in it. Um, you know, because I've got this thing that can show the sort of people that were liking the playlist, and and I was quite interested to find the people who were liking this playlist, only to find out at the end of the day that this playlist was essentially run by bots. And you know, and it's quite shocking because you think people would pay for promotion, get onto a playlist, have lots of streams on their account, but really, those aren't real listeners and real people enjoying their music. You know, those are just numbers. And so that's a kind of dark side of the whole promo game, I think, which is clouds the issue. It's interesting you mentioned the uh, the Spotify playlist bots because I know uh, there was a, a conversation um, yesterday, today, it might rumbled on into today, which was whereby an artist um, had a sudden spike. And I've seen it in the past where I've had like a sudden spike on a track that I released ages ago. And I'm like, well, like I've done no promo on that whatsoever. Maybe I got lucky and, and a radio station played it somewhere. And I went and looked at the playlist and I was like, I don't recognize any of the artists on there. And then, and then I checked back a few days later and my song's gone. It's no longer on there. So I've got this huge spike and it comes down again. Um, 
And I'm wondering why it's got to be. I'm assuming it's a bot of some of some form. But is it a way of <clears throat> these particular curators, for want of a better way of putting it, of getting you interested in their playlist? They put you on there, take you off, you contact them because you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you know, actually, look, my song was on your my song was on your playlist. It did three thousand plays in a day. Um, can you put me back on it? Oh yeah, it's going to cost you X, Y, Z. It's kind of like it's not fishing, um, but it is it's social engineering in a way, I guess you could call it. Going down a techie route, but it's it's bad. Supposedly though, supposedly I've read on one of these sites when I finally got to what was behind this this playlist. Uh, should remain nameless, but like you know, and I, I, I and, and I found this sort of site Wavar or something dot AI, you know, um, and you know this 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 thing claims that everything is legitimate, but what they're doing is actually putting all they put all this music all over the world, um, and it's used by various people use it for cafes and bars and or it's all public places that this music is played. And then the, the amount you pay them for the streams, um, like they share it with the people who are signed up to their service or whatever. And so, and, oh, I don't know, it gets convoluted. But like at the end of the day, I was just like, I was reading it all through and I was sort of, you know, buying into it all as I read it somehow. And then I came to the end and I thought, I don't think people are doing this. They're not really like, I'm not sitting in a hotel in Zurich thinking I want music. I know I'll go to Wave AR and you know, split royalties with them of obscure synthwave artists. You know, it's just, I, I, I just ended up deciding that this was not really happening in the world and this was just an excuse for, of course, bots like playing music and people paying for streams, which, you know, happens. So. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think I've been, I've been guilty of that uh, years and years and years ago of um, Spotify playlists and paying to go on a playlist. And I got my fingers burnt on that. And it's counterproductive in a way because it's not representative of your music. You just I think you're just paying. You're going to get these boosts. And if you look at the where the actual plays are coming from, they're really like specific. It's kind of like L.A., New York. And I'm like, I'm fairly certain that's not right. Um, and then you just get this false representation of an audience. Do you not, do you not think, Mark, it's, it's kind of like when you used to be in a band. I used to be in a band about 15 years ago. And when you were going to gigs, you would pay to play. And you were like, oh, I'm playing this. I'm playing this fantastic venue. But you're only playing it because you're paying to play there. So you get in there and nobody's there to listen to you. It's kind of like that. It's like, why, why am I? I'm paying all this money. I'm getting nothing out of it. I did that years ago in a band. We um, we had a gig at the 100 Club on Oxford Street. And it's, it's quite, obviously, it's a nice venue. We were like, oh, shit, this is going to be incredible. Um, and they were like, oh, yeah, it's pay to play. You've got to sell X amount of tickets. So we took two minibuses from Taunton. So for the Southwark contingent, taking two minibuses from Taunton into central London on Oxford Street. We hit a car, uh, part one. Um, it was a rented minibus as well. <laughs> didn't get away with that. Um, yeah, yeah. We didn't sell all the tickets and we got there. Uh, there was hardly anyone there. What made it even worse, actually, with this story is the fact that our bassist left the week before. So the bassist we had playing with us was learning the songs on the minibus <laughs> to play. He's he's a bloody good bassist, mind you. He did well. He probably paid better than I did, and I knew the songs. Um, but yeah, pay to play. And after that, I was just like, never again. Never am I. It's a case of like, you're a promoter. You you sell the tickets. We'll come and play. Um, you're not. I'm not paying for exposure and all that. I, I don't. Well, the the thing is, you you were you were unknown right back then. Yeah, Nobody yeah. knew who you were. So so, nor normally a band brings in people with them, right? Mm -hmm. So I understand why they say pay to play. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it's I can't I can't remember who headlined that act. Um, so I don't know. Would you do it if you're in a band, Daniel? Would you? Would you if you were a new band? Uh, would I pay to play? Yeah. If if I was an unknown, yes. Yeah. You would. Well, yeah, probably. Yeah. What about selling tickets? What do you mean with selling tickets? How would I sell the tickets? Or well, how? yeah, well, what we the, the pay to play was the idea that we we sold the tickets, um, mm. for, which I'm kind of thinking is the promoter's job. Um, but we had to sell the tickets, um, and the tickets that we didn't sell, we then had to pay the the shortfall. Yeah, I'm um, just thinking from out the, from the other side, from the promoter's yeah. perspective. I mean, you are an unknown band. How are you supposed to sell an unknown band to people that would come to that? Oh, band? I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I do get that. Yeah, devil's advocate. Yeah, it's hard to market a band that no one's heard of. I mean, 
a lot of the time, the much better way of doing that was always to put on someone good that pulled the audience and then to have, you know, support bands. And obviously support bands don't really get paid and they just like, you know, they're enjoying the gig and, you know, they're warming up the audience for the main act. And then, you know, and, and, and the promoter gets money, the band that are headlining get money and the rest of you get a gig, you know, and that was always good. It's just a shame you only got about 10 seconds sound check and sounded awful. But other than that, <laughs> yeah. you know, if that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'd always get, you'd always get a sound check. This was the classic thing. I, Cause I ran at one point a live venue, did all the sound for it. But like, it was so true. If you're in this, like in a, in a kind of a long line of bands and there was this whole idea that you were getting a proper sound check, but like no one at the time really had recallable desks in these venues. So no one the sort of, you know, you'd, you'd be scrabbling down what levels it was for the vocalists and everything, you know. And then somebody else would come along and then another band and another band. And, you know, the chances that when that band that you first of all sound checked turned up, that you got their levels anywhere near right is very close to zero. And, like, they'd come on, everything would be feeding back, be wrong, be like... And then you'd, you'd kind of get it right within their first couple of songs if you were lucky, but, oh, it was a lottery. And a lot of the time... You had pretty ropey gigs because of it, you know. Yeah, I, I, I often when that happened, it would be a case of my guitar would be too low in the mix, and sometimes with my my playing, I'd be like, "That's fine, I don't, I don't mind." The other guitarist can take the uh, <laughs> can take the accolade on that. <laughs> I had a left-handed left-handed drummer. That's what we had. A left-handed drummer. Left-handed drummer. So you guys are on first, or you're on last. You never, uh, you never get in the middle, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Did your did, uh, drummers? Did your drummer drive? Did he have a car? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I asked this because I had a drummer, uh, Chris. He's, he's a good friend, but he didn't drive. Um, which imagine having a drummer that didn't drive, and the amount of fairing we had to do about it, it was always a bugbear. Um, almost as bad as a left-handed drummer. Um, he fell off his stool once actually while he was playing. He had too many beers, and we had to cut the gig short. He just fell off. Yeah. <laughs> good times. I used to tape my keyboard to the floor. I was just like, I'd have to put masking tape in the stand because I'd be having a few beers and that keyboard would be rocking back and forward. Let's take a quick break from this episode so that I can tell you about a free resource that I made for you. It's a PDF checklist that describes what you need to do to properly prepare a mix for mastering. So you've done the hard work and you love your mix, yet suitably preparing a mix for mastering is often overlooked by musicians, resulting in delayed sessions, excessive back and forth conversation and frustration on both parts. I want to help fix that. So if you want this free resource, just go to www.synthmusicmastering.com as this checklist will help and guide you to make the mastering process as smooth, transparent and exciting as possible. So again, the URL is www.synthmusicmastering.com for this free preparing a mix for mastering checklist. Let's get back to the episode. Does anyone um, still play live? Is anyone, anyone gigging or any plans to gig? So I'm 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 trying to set up a, a live show for next year, and uh, I'll definitely be playing live at that, and uh, trying to find out who's gonna who else is gonna play on that gig. What does your live setup look like, Daniel? Um... It's it's my computer, and then I have a, a MIDI keyboard that's hooked up to another computer, and which just plays the sounds over the original track. Yeah. Do you have any visuals that go with it? Um, just think I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna have enough people to come to that show to be able to pay for a visual so it's all going to come out of my own pocket i think but i won't i don't think i want to pay for visuals uh, to add no, to that that's fair. so is this a is this a day trip for us then are we all going over to see uh, if 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 you can commit uh the the more people that come the bigger the venue gets where, where is it you're going to be doing it i'm sorry where, where are you going to be doing that uh, cl- close to where I live, so uh, I have a few few places that I'm thinking about. If if literally only 20 people come, it's going to be at my house. <laughs> <laughs> but there, I have a venue with uh, for 500 people and up. So cool, that'd be amazing. I I played a gig. It's, I'm spitballing now. Hilligom, that's a place in uh, just outside of Amsterdam. Does that ring a bell, Daniel? Hilligom. Um, I don't come around Amsterdam that's much because I live in the south and uh, Amsterdam's more up there. I, I mean, I go to Amsterdam when I'm flying or or doing something with some kind of, kind of party or something, but uh, or shopping or yeah, something I like that. I was flying you know. last time I went to Amsterdam, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. You can do that. You can do that everywhere now, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not, not round here, you can't. <laughs> no. I think that's, that's an off-air discussion right yeah. there. In the, Sorry, I'm digressing. No, no. I was going to say in the, in the watches area. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I played a fantastic gig in uh, just outside of there, outside of Amsterdam. Um, road trip was amazing. Loved it. That'd be great. It'd be really, really nice if you could, if there was some sort of event like that where you could get everybody to. Well, that, that, that that's a problem. I mean, I can hardly get thirty people live on my show. So getting actually a hundred people in a real live venue is like even more of a yeah, impossible yeah. task. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. To be fair, I, I I extend a big thank you to you you guys for turning up to this. I had no idea what to expect. I thought I'd put it out there and then it'd be sort of like uh, tumbleweed. So um, four people turning up on the first one is amazing. Last time I was in Holland, I did wake up. Um, I don't remember a lot about it, but I woke up in a camper van um, outside of a campsite, um, which I don't think the campsite owners were very happy that we were literally camping in our van outside the campsite. Um, But I didn't realise that's where we were. I'd had a bit of a night in Rotterdam, actually. Um, And, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd I'd been out on uh, just in some sort of, yeah, quite a good bar that suddenly turned into a, a banging techno night, like literally all night with people standing on tables and everything. And it was really great. And then we just literally passed out somewhere. We just drove out of Rotterdam, you know, in this camper van, fell asleep and woke up. And these people, the police were banging on the van (laughs) saying, you can't stay here. You can't, you have to pay. Yeah, and I was like, what? I, I literally didn't know what was going on or where I was. And I was like, oh, no, the police, what's going on? Like, drive, you know, and kind of get out. The, the police are yeah, expensive so, yeah. uh, alarm clocks here. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think they were police anyway. I was just uh, I was just <laughs> like, oh, no, I've done something wrong. <laughs> Let's run away. Did you use, like, the, the shower and <laughs> Maybe. stuff? No, no, no. I just left, <laughs> ran away. <laughs> Yeah. Not anymore though. I don't, I don't leave Watch It now. No. <laughs> Good music. We, we were discussing the other day the music festival that goes on in Watch It. They do. They do have one there. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's a good music festival actually. It's small, but it's really good actually. Um, yeah, I've got Level Forty Two headlining this year. They've got Belinda Carlisle. All kinds of bizarre things going on. So yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to uh, Level Forty Two. Sadly, I don't know whether that's a sort of you know dirty secret but like yeah i rather like level 42 so yeah i sort of um used to see them actually back in the day when they were making hits yeah and um yeah just mark king playing his funky bass stuff it was good really good actually one of those kind of bands that are very poppy on record and he's not a great singer i don't think in his way but like then live they're just electric they're just absolutely phenomenal musicians and like they make it really come alive and the funk is really big so it's good yeah and how, how many people came to that event around how many people uh come to the watch it music festival um god that is a good question because it's it's only one field and about three stages but it's like i mean it's it's packed so i'm trying to think it might be about it's got to be like sort of about somewhere between five and ten i'm not sure thousand you know not five and ten people <laughs> that'd be quite good but like um, yeah five to ten thousand i would say I, I i know that's a big difference but like i don't know I, maybe it's five thousand you know something like that yeah but um it is a small festival but you know um but that's you know it's not glastonbury but yeah for the audience listening watch it is is uh it's a small small town so getting five to ten thousand people and watch it along those a roads just getting them there is bad enough. I'm beginning to think I'm overselling it. Maybe five. Um, but, you know, because I'm just thinking watch its own, like, population is four. So that would be more than the entire population of watch it. So maybe I'm overselling it. But it feels like a lot of people from around here. <laughs> you know, it's good. Yeah, there's one road in. It's great, though, because it's the only festival that I've ever managed to go to where I can go home to the loo. And like make a cup of tea and then go back up for the next band because literally it's at the end of my road. So you just walk up the hill. It's a bit of a bummer, but you there's a hill. But like go up the hill, turn left. There's the field. So it's great. 
not so great if you don't like the band because you can obviously go home and hear them still. But like you know, it's 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 great. You can just like go. No, I'm not using that horrible festival toilet. I'm going home, gonna have a cup of tea, sandwich, go back and watch the next one. Well, it sounds like Daniel's gonna have a festival in his house, so you'll be able to just pop to the toilet when you're at that one. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to come. Yeah. Heartbeat Heroes playing so at my what, house. So what would be yeah. the best way for me to like make sure that people come? Because people can say they come, but how do you commit them to it? That's that's hard, isn't it? It's, it's tricky because um, uh, somebody saying yes, getting that commitment is, is, is hard, man. Um, I don't know how you, how you would get them to, to commit. Just sell a non, non-refundable ticket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, deposit. Get them to pay a, depo- a non-refundable deposit. At least that way you've got some take it. You know, um, that's one thing you can consider. Night, you know, people are like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be there. I'll be there. And ghost town. <laughs> when it comes to, the- um, I don't know if anyone else has got any ideas because it's like you say, it's really hard. Because I've I've been in that before where I put on gigs and totally been there. Um, but that's yeah, maybe deposits the only way. I don't know. I was just see you mentioned this before, Mark. Um, I think in your last Instagram live, but. Has anybody been to a lot of synthwave gigs, live gigs? I've I've been a perturbator, and uh, also Time Cop was Time Cop was there as well. He was the first act, and and there were maybe like twenty people for Time Cop. And he lives re- he lives really not nearby. Oh really? For him him it was like twenty thirty people maybe, and then when perturbator came in, it was like a full house of five hundred people. Yeah, perturbator's pretty serious live. He's really good. The lights on that are amazing. Yeah, incredible stuff. I've never been to a synth. No, I, I metal. The only gigs I've been to are metal and rock. <laughs> I do that in a week. <laughs> I'd say what for the audience listening, uh, Neon Highway guy, he gets about when it comes to gigs. How many have you been to this year? I've uh, been to twenty six this year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, that's, it's, that's uh, good going, it's not though. a cheap hobby. <laughs> What's the highlight? What's the best one this year? Uh, it's going to be Nine Inch Nails this year for me. I pretty much went to the entire Eden UK project. tour. Yeah, yeah, it, it was great, man. Uh, biggest surprise for me was probably Alice Cooper. I was like, oh, we're going to see how this goes. And it was just incredible. Just the theatrics and the, the level of playing. It was amazing. And it's amazing how many songs you know. You go, I know this one. I know this one. It's it's just fantastic, amazing. I, I haven't no because they never ever get anywhere near me. Um, I was I was gonna go down to Cardiff to see them, but and then I seen your post and I was I was immensely jealous. It looked amazing, and then you followed up by writing an entire tune just to make me even more jealous. <laughs> uh, but God of Hire is fantastic, Thanks, Daniel. Absolutely brilliant track. I'm gonna hook you all up with the free uh, free codes for the. Oh, you're a gentleman. Thank you. Oh, thank, thank you. You. You do, you're, you're very prolific, actually. You do shock me like that, Heartbeat Hero. You're one of those people that makes me feel, damn, I need to write music. You know, I sort of like <laughs> go online and it'll be like, he's written another one. How I've just been sleeping. Some, some, you know, somebody in the group told me to, to calm down, so I, 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 I'm not posting them anymore. I, I'm still making them. At the... <laughs> you're still making them. You're just building them up like Prince. That's You've got a vault exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. You'll die, and they'll be just like releasing them for the next fifty years. I, I have know. to because my wife hates <laughs> my music, so she's <laughs> they'll be lost forever. Otherwise, <laughs> you get an intense amount of energy, man. Like they, I don't know how you, you write all the stuff, you do the shows, you've got all your 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 funny shorts and social oh, no, media. It's, it's just like where does he get the time and the energy? It's just absolutely. So the amazing. show the show is only once uh, once a month, so that. I mean, that helps. Not doing it every month, every week is like, that would be killer for me. Yeah. It's good, though. It's good. Well, going back to the prolific side of things, I, be, I think, Daniel, would be quite cool. I know we spoke about it earlier, about your um, your sort of workflow that you go through uh, when it comes to releasing a track. Because how many tracks do you have on SoundCloud? You revealed it to me earlier. How many yeah, are Around there? 250. There you go. That's good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was my, for the audience listening, the, the eyes were on stalks then. Um, yeah. <laughs> And it made Tim choke on his drink. Jeez. That's going to be a long gig. 250. Yeah. That's... 
I have a I've around a thirty a thirty minute gig lined up that that I can do now. I don't think I want to make it any longer. The rest will just be DJing, and I have and then hopefully other people will perform there as well. How how long is that over then? So how what's your earliest track out of all of those? On on two it's in two thousand ten. I started posting on in two thousand and ten on SoundCloud, but just around two thousand seventeen, I got into the synthwave. So before that, it's all weird electronic music, chip tune based stuff and stuff like that. Amazing. What would make you out of interest? Can you think of anything off the top of your head? Uh, Daniel uh, is incredibly prolific. <laughs> He's been told to, to, told to rein it in. I think if our greyhound would just shut up, if our greyhound <laughs> would behave itself, that would really help. I, I heard that dog no. a few a few moments ago. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. It's just that, no, no, it's just, you know what it's like, it's distractions, things that sort of get in your way of like, whatever it is, like, you know, um, I think that's always, and, and they're always going to be them, so you can't get rid of them, really. But, like, um, yeah, it's, it's trying to keep focus, isn't it? Like, that's the thing. And and keep quality at the same time, you know. Because, I mean, I mean, you can be prolific. I mean, fortunately, Daniel is both prolific and keeps quality, but, like, which is really annoying. Um, but, like, you know, because some people are sort of super prolific, but the quality's just gone out the window, you know. But like you managed to do the two, and that's that's really hard. I think so. Yeah, I find that hard. And I think going back to what we said earlier about social media and being um, sort of everywhere, omnipotent, focus for me again, and focusing on on maybe one or two, maybe three channels rather than try to be everywhere because it's time. Time for me is is, is a killer. I don't know why. I mean, it's out of interest with regards to social media. Can anyone think of how many platforms they're on that they use regularly? I really use Instagram. I don't even have Facebook. Sometimes I use Twitter, but yeah. How are you finding TikTok, Tim? Um, I quite enjoy your your contributions. Yeah, they're great. They're really good. There's one the other day that really made me laugh. Yeah. See the the, the personal ones. They work. They <laughs> they work the best. Some I think sometimes with Synthwave, it's it's a bit of an easy win with that stuff. You can put Van Damme dancing, and everybody will watch it. And um, I can write a track that has nothing to do with Lethal Weapon and call it Lethal Weapon, and everybody goes, "Oh my god!" <laughs> you know. Um, I did a track a couple of years ago, Nakatomi Nightmare. It was basically themed around Die Hard. It had nothing to do with Die Hard really, um, but it had that Hans Gruber image, and people just associate with that and, and buy into it. And I think a lot of synthways like that, and it, it's certainly not a bad thing. I. I do the same as a fan like i'll go to it because oh my god this got terminator on the cover i need to go and listen to that it's like it's got nothing to do with terminator <laughs> it was brilliant i think i sort of seem to go the other way with my things like just write things that you know i suppose not so with miami nights i suppose a title like that is very synthwave isn't it but like you know i'll write something like goes to the sea which is probably not a very synthwave title or you know something like that it's a a lot of the time, I'm not particularly referencing, like you know, some sort of '80s movie or something. So I'm maybe I'm I'm missing out a trick there, but you know, so yeah, yeah, sort of write a track that's in seven four or something and wonder why no one wants to listen to it. You know, yeah, yeah, I sort of yeah, I am I'm sort of a bit of I can't help it. Sometimes I think that's the thing that stops me being as prolific as I might like to be is that I kind of I'm every time I sit down to write a track. I'm kind of re-going through the entire process of what what a track is and how I'm doing it. I'm not really kind of, I don't stick to a pattern very much. I tend to sort of be constantly reinventing the wheel for myself, you know. Like, you know, I'll spend like ages re-looking at my drum kit and my kick drum won't be like, and you know, all this, that, it's not like I go, you know, I've seen some videos where people are like, you know, this is what I use. I use this bass and this kick drum, this, that. And I go like, well, I could do that. I could write an album in about a day doing that i just like but i don't do that i can't be that disciplined i just go like oh i don't know about all that no i'm is this a song is this an instrumental is it i just go through a million different things and then suddenly something turns out it doesn't and it surprises me often as much as you know anybody else i've sort of surprised myself done something a bit different in it hopefully so you know. I think we all have that, that it surprises you. I mean, you're making something and it just that surprise feeling, that's the best feeling there is. Yeah, 100%. I find I, I, I often, when it comes to writing music, I, I, I have a, this is probably why I'm not as prolific as I should be. I, I like to switch genres and I keep I keep doing it. Um, 
for example, uh, Rocco Destro sent me a track that he wants me to work on. He sent it over to me, and I was, like, I was like, I'll spend an hour on it. I told him I'll spend an hour, and then I'll get a feel for it and see if it's something we can work on. I ended up sending him back some drum and bass. <laughs> it was so far removed <laughs> from, from what he sent me. Um, and it was only because he had a vocal chop in it. And I was like, mate, I can hear some drum and bass under that. And I, I sent it over to him. Um, but I don't think that's the direction it's going to go. But I was like, hey, uh, I'm still going to work with him because it, is, it, is, it sounds great. Um, and we've got um, Johnny, Johnny Adam um, playing guitar on it as well, um, which is uh, Sleepless Nights. Uh, there we go. Yeah, a name name to the to the producer. But yeah, I sent it across and I was thinking maybe if I just sort of like stuck in one place for a while, I'd put out more music rather than trying to do everything all at once. I don't know. Um, Tricky. Can I ask Jess a question? Jess, do you find this? Because you probably, I assume you write lyrics for your, your songs and you, do you write your own lyrics and stuff? Yeah, because I find that is one of the hardest things, like is... I can write some music or whatever, but like lyrics, I will spend ages like sort of faffing around with getting the right lyric for a song, the right idea, melody wise and lyric wise and something. I find that because I, I, you know, I'm a reluctant vocalist at best anyway, but like doing vocals, it just is always like, you know, that is one of the things that slows me down. So if I do something instrumental, I can do it reasonably quickly. But like as soon as I'm putting in, putting that in it makes it harder for me do you how do you find that? i think i work differently to you guys i think you guys can formulate all that stuff really quickly i'm the opposite so i hear a melody in my head as though it's on a radio and maybe some of those lyrics and then i get the feel of what the track should be this is another thing i agree with you guys i can't just stick to one thing because it depends what comes through so sometimes like one of them was like a bit of a 90s r&b feel one of them was quite 80s um and then I'll just go with that. And it um, it really depends what comes through. And when it, it just sort of falls together. So I'll have like a melody idea and then a few lyrics. And then once I understand what it's about, it's almost like it's coming through, then, I'll, then I can build up around it. You're like the, letting the universe, uh, the universe is speaking to you, right? Feels like it. Yeah, it's like a radio tuning coming in. That's why sometimes I feel like I go through real sort of dry spells. So I feel like it's all static. I can't hear anything. And then I feel really incompetent <laughs> but then sometimes it has happened the other way where i've just been putting through to some instrumental music and then i get an idea so it kind of varies but yeah it's mainly melody first get, i definitely get that though that that kind of thing of it feeling like it sort of comes to you it's like and i, I might have written the music first but like the actual what this tune is about or what this song is about and 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 you know what I'm going to write or whatever, and I can go for ages just not knowing, you know, and and until I know, it's just sort of it's dead to me really. Until I know, until I know what it's about, and I, I, mean, I suppose that can happen with, you know, instrumental things as well. It's just like you've it's a lot of the time. It's like I'll see a movie start going almost in my head. I'll see like a storyboard or something coming to me, you know, almost what it's about. And if I haven't got that going on. And that's when it flows, when it flows like that. And it just is, it's almost, you know, you can write a song in minutes or a couple of hours. And then there's other tracks where I've worked on, I've worked on and worked on. I thought, you know, this just isn't coming through. So the ones that just sort of flow through, they're the ones I send to Mark. Say, what do you think? <laughs> is this any good or am I imagining it? <laughs> I know where everybody's from, actually, but Jess, where can I find you? Where Are you on Instagram at all? Yeah, I'm on Instagram, YouTube. SoundCloud. What, un, uh, under what, what name? JessicaTowers.co.uk. It's a completely different from my name. So I think it'd be a good opportunity now. Maybe we'll go around and then just a brief intro. Just give us sort of like a brief description of your music, who your ideal listener is and uh, where they can find you. Um, if we could start, might as well start with yourself, Jess, because you've basically just done it. So the music I do is synth pop, pop, and then I dabble in a bit of, um, you know, 90s, just through the generations, whatever I feel. Um, you can find me on Instagram, jessicatowers.co.uk, and on YouTube, Facebook, although I don't use that so much. And do you create all the, your music yourself, or do you work together with other people? I create all the music myself, and then I send it to Mark to work his magic, because I'm still learning about how to mix and do all the amazing things that he does, which I just can't even get close to. So, 
but no, it's it's it's, it's a joy working with your with your with your production chefs. I gotta say, you. it's always it's always good fun. Um, Neon Highway. Um, I really use Instagram mostly, so I think it's Neon and Neon Highway Synth on Instagram. Um, find me on SoundCloud as well. All of the streaming platforms, Bandcamp as well. Sound wise, probably. I started taking it off my bio that it's synth me because I, I don't think it really is, but it's it's synth music um, of some sort um, drawn on influences from The Cure, Joy Division, New Order, and Kraftwerk, I would say. But often I sort of veer off into sort of horror, darker sides. And I like to do a Halloween release every year. Um, so I try to do something a bit different, which a wee bit of John Carpenter comes in uh, here and there. So uh it's a bit of a mix i i do love ambient music as well so sometimes i'll put a bit more down tempo tracks uh, which tend not to get played as much but the other ones i tend to love more um which is i suppose interesting difference between an artist and their their audience thanks carl you should talk to daniel about halloween shows he puts up here radio it was always uh, very good fun i was on it last year it's um very very good um, so yeah, a nice little segue into Heartbeat Hero. I am on, I'm a synthwave producer from the Netherlands and I also have a synthwave show. Uh, you can find my music on SoundCloud uh, slash Heartbeat Hero. I'm on YouTube, Spotify and everywhere else. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Oh, and, and, uh, people, uh, the, the, my, uh, my fan is 45 years old. <laughs> And like synthwave. <laughs> I wonder what the average, what the age bracket is. I think it's from 25 to... Uh... Or a slightly older, even. <laughs> Not that I would know anything about Big that. way there. Uh, into uh, R9. Yeah, well, you, you find me lurking on Instagram at R9 Music. Um, you'll find me at Twitter at R9 Synthwave, actually. I mean, uh, I am also on R9 Music at Twitter, but I never use it. Um, and... Uh, you know, you will find me on TikTok and uh, you'll find me on YouTube, R9 Music, um, and uh, r9music.co.uk as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I am a synthwave producer, really, I guess, but like it, 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 it definitely branches out into some other electronic music styles and um, some, I even wrote post rock on something the other day, who knows? Um, but like, you know, um uh yeah so it's generally electronic based stuff you know magic i'll put links in the show notes to all that thank you for listening to our show if you like what you're hearing make sure to rate our show on apple podcasts whoa before you go make sure to snag your free test master from synth music mastering imagine enhancing your music with my steadfast dedication to quality and that personalized touch and here's the kicker it's absolutely free no cost at all simply head over to synthmusicmastering.com or click the link in the episode description to claim your free test master